You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 84 with Shay Shaw. When they were about one and two, the Lord really put on my heart that we um, needed to be parents to kids that don't have any. And so my husband and I spent several years just praying about what that looks like, um, domestic or international adoption, what country, is it a boy, is it a girl? And Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Shay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here talking to you today, Amber. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. I think you're going to like this one. Um, What is your favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Okay. um, Well, so my favorite place that I've been is I, I just love going to London. My husband and I love London. So I would say that's my favorite but um, the most profound place that I've been, the place where I just absolute most profound place was when we um, went to China both times to adopt our girls. So mm. favorite just to go on vacation, sure. London, but just place that I has a special place in my heart would Aww. be uh, China. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll jump into that a little bit later in the show adoption. So I want um, the listeners to hear that story. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, so what do you love to do in London? Like what, what makes it so great to go to that you just love to go to over and well, over again? Yeah. Lots of things. I love the weather. I love food. I love the history. It's a great walkable town. And I love to just get out and walk. Um, all of those things. It's also close to some other fantastic cities. So you can add a little Paris in or Amsterdam or Brussels or, um, it's just, it's in a great location. I love it. Yeah. Now, do you normally just go with your husband or do you go with your kids as well? Both. Okay. With my husband and I try to take at least one trip a year, just the two of us. And then we go on several trips a year with our kids. That's awesome. Um, well, before we jump in, I, I have a funny story. So, uh, in this is I was mentioning this to you over the email. Um, so last summer or fall, I was at um, Nordstrom Rack with my friend, and she was just we were looking for Nikes, and we were just looking for neutral Nikes, and we were looking at black and white, and uh, and then she was talking about this light gray, and she's like, "Oh, you need to follow this girl." <laughs> Shay Shaw. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, she has these gray Nikes on and she wears them all over the place where she travels. And then she pulls up your picture and I'm like, oh yeah, they're really cool. And she's like, you would really love her, Amber, because she loves travel too. And so I'm like, okay. And so we're just like in the store and then we find gray Nikes and we both get them. So uh, fast, forward to not, yeah. <laughs> fast forward to, I don't know, a month or so ago, I'm you know, talking to your publicist and stuff like that. And he's sending me a book for someone else. And then he slipped in two extra books for me to look at, one of them being yours. And so I'm like, okay. And then I I was just like looking at you on your book and I'm thinking, gosh, she seems familiar and I don't know why. And then I'm like, her name seems kind of familiar. And then I pulled the sheet out that he provides for the authors. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I Google your name and gray Nikes. And there you have it. That same picture with, I think your white shorts and gray Nikes. That is too funny. <laughs> and I was like, I can't even believe this. This is the craziest story. And so I couldn't wait to tell my friend this. I'm like, you are never going to believe this. I said, God obviously wanted us to be doing this show together. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I wanted to share that with you. So now we're in, when I cute. wear my Nikes, I think of you and you don't even know me. And I'm just like, this is the craziest story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to have you share you uh, who you are, what your name is and where you're from and how many kids you have. And then we'll jump okay. into how you got to where you are today. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is Shay and I live in McKinney, Texas, which is a suburb about 20 minutes north of Dallas. And, um, online people know me as the mix and match mama. That's my handle. Um, and I have been a blogger now for uh, 11 years. I own a lifestyle brand called mix and match mama. And I also own a travel agency and my husband, Andrew and I, we've been married for 14 years and we have four kids. We have our daughter Kensington, who's nine. Our son Smith is eight. Ashby is five. And then Madeley is three. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So you have your blog. Wow. 11 years. I mean, that's a long time to have a blog. That's, that's probably when everybody was doing the blogs and you got it. So, well, just back up. Let's see when you were started, had blogging already really gotten popular yet? Or were you just kind of doing it on your own for your just family and stuff like that? Yeah, no, I don't think, I mean, I'm not techie. Maybe blogging was super popular, but I didn't know about it, but I had a couple of friends at church that had blogs and they were um, you know, showcasing pictures of their kids and stuff. And at that time, my husband and I were in the throes of infertility and I had a miscarriage and I was just kind of in a a sad, dark spot in my life. And Mm -hmm. I didn't like my job and I couldn't get pregnant. And I, um, I have a degree in journalism, so I like to write. And so I, I started a blog to post pictures of my dog and pictures of my (laughs) husband and I on vacation. I mean, I had no idea what was going to unfold and I had no expectations. It was really just a hobby. Um, yeah. So, uh, how did you even then take off? Like how long had you been writing before people actually started really recognizing, Hey, this is a really awesome blog. And, you know, and you started making it, you know, I guess, uh, a career if you want to call it. Yeah. So I had blogged for years and it slowly grew and I gained followers And, um, but it was still just really not about anything. There was no structure or direction whatsoever. Uh, but it obviously, it really catapulted me into another level when my brother was on the bachelorette, uh, that brought a whole new audience. And then when my brother became the bachelor an even bigger audience, and then from there, just some life events that we've had, um, adoption, things like that have just continued to bring in, you know, different types of women looking for different things. Some people come to my blog for adoption. Some come for, to see what I'm wearing. Some come for food. Uh, some come to see what books I'm reading. So I have a nice diverse audience and, um, because I kind of talk about a lot of things. Yeah. So did you just start out that way? And then people just started to know you as that, or did you figure out like, Hey, this might be good to start talking about this. I think no. the audience would look at this. No, you just, it, <laughs> it was, was very organic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, all people ask me all the time, I'm going to start a blog. <laughs> you know, how did you do it to get yeah. here? And I'm like, I don't know, accident. <laughs> Even <laughs> now I just talk about what I really, I, I get up every day and I publish posts that are just about what's going on in my life. And sometimes I'm sure that's really boring. And sometimes it's more interesting than others, but it's really just about what's going on in my little world. Yeah. I love that. So what made people reach out to you or start looking at your blog because your brother was on the bachelor, the bachelorette and the bachelor? Like how did they even know to tie those two 
together? And were you talking about it on your um, blog? And also, do you want to share who your brother is? I'm sure everybody's yeah, so, like, well, which yes. one was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, uh, so I only have one sibling. Uh, my younger brother is Sean Lowe, who was on The Bachelor, or like, he was The Bachelor four years ago, um, and five years ago. But he, the girl he picked at the end is Catherine, and they got married, and they have a little boy who's almost two, and they're about to have another baby. So, I mean, like, the show worked. He went through the process, found the love of his life, and now we have sweet babies to prove it. So I think um, word just kind of travels. Mm. I think The Bachelor community is a very... Oh, yeah. Tight knit yet mm-hmm. large community of people that are just obsessed with that show. Like diehard. So yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it just kind of grew. And there's that whole voyeurism factor. Like everybody just wants to see like behind the scenes. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just as curious as everybody else. So that really, um, you know, so I talked about The Bachelor. So people might have come for that. But now I don't talk about The Bachelor and they of just course. keep coming back. Yeah, so, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love it's it. fun. Yeah. yeah. So you did struggle with infertility. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey? And then we can jump into uh, how that led into then adopting two kids from China. Yeah. So, you know, my I'm very much a type A planner person. And so husband and I got married, check, started our own business, check bought a house check. Now it's time to have a baby. And we just could not get that check to go through. And, um, we tried on our own for a while. And then we did a lot of infertility drugs and some infertility procedures. And I got pregnant and I had a miscarriage and it was just about two years of just a sad time. And so then we decided to stop trying and enjoy the holidays. And then right after Christmas, I went into, um, start the process of doing IVF. And the doctor told me I was pregnant. So I had a little girl. And (laughs) then when she was about six months old, God decided to really put a punctuation mark on the situation. And I ended up getting pregnant again with a little boy. So I had two babies 16 months apart. After all of that infertility, I had two just kind of surprises. And then from there, when they were about one and two, the Lord really put on my heart that we um, needed to be parents to kids that don't have any. And so my husband and I spent several years just praying about what that looks like, um, domestic or international adoption. What country? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? And God really just kept pulling on our hearts that we needed to take care of the little girls in China. About a third of the world's uh, orphan population, about 40 million orphans are in China, and most of them, about 90% are girls. And so we went, and in January 2015, we adopted a little girl from China, and then we went back 20 months later, and we adopted another little girl from China. So we have two bio kids, and then we have two precious little girls from China. Wow. So 40 million. I mean, that is huge. Yeah. Like the world's orphan population is about 150 million. It's a huge problem. Yeah. Wow. And then 40 million uh, being in China. Wow. Yes. Um, Yeah. Well, my next question was going to be, you know, what what made you pick China and stuff like that? But is it because it's just such a huge population that are orphans like in China itself? Yeah, we just had, we prayed and thought about it and talked about it. And we were kind of all over the place, but Chinese girls just kept coming to the forefront of our mind over and over and over again. And once we just kind of really went down that road, it, um, we just knew that was where we were supposed to be. In fact, the second time around, we thought we were going to adopt a little boy from India had been our plan, mm -hmm. but we weren't five minutes into that plan and just could just really tell that wasn't the direction God wanted us to go and uh, went back to China. And it was clear. I mean, my daughter is precious. It's clear that that is 
that's just where we were supposed to be at that time too. So yeah, we have two sweet little Chinese girls. They are precious. So how old were they when you brought them home? Our uh, Ashby, she, we brought her home when she was two and a half and then Maidley was 23 months. So they were both about two. Oh, right. Yeah. So how yeah. was that a hard transition for them to especially come into an American home that you don't, they don't know English. Um, how was that transition time? It was, it was wonderful. It was not nearly, I was, I think I was prepared for the, I know I was, right. I was prepared for the absolute yeah. worst um, because you read so many horror stories on the internet and you see so many things on the news and our social worker had really prepared us for the worst case scenario. But I mean, it just could not have been better. Uh, you know, they were confused. Uh, obviously they were sure. confused and scared right. and sad. Um, but it just, they instantly both felt like mine. It didn't take long at all for them to warm up to us. It could not have been a more blessed situation Aww, both times. That's yeah. so sweet. So how old are your kids right now? All four of them. Uh, so three, five, eight, and nine. Okay. And the, the Chinese girls are the younger ones, right? Yep. They're okay. three and five. Okay. Um, so, and you travel with all four of them, right? Yeah, I sure okay. do. Okay. I had that question uh, after this one. So if, if some listeners are really thinking about adoption, what would, what advice would you want to give them when they're starting out this journey? And also too, to like figure out the whole domestic versus international. Do you have any wisdom that you can pass on to that you've learned in this whole experience? Oh gosh, I wish I had something really profound to say, but I um, there's not a wrong way to adopt, in my opinion. Whether you do it domestically, whether you go through the foster care system, you know. Sometimes I've had I had a lady at Starbucks one time in front of my Chinese child mm. ask me why I didn't adopt from from, here. Um, from America, and the answer is because my kids weren't here. My kids were in China, and that's just where I really felt that my kids were. And I hear that a lot, and I have friends that have done. I mean, everything that you can imagine, the whole variety. And you just kind of, I don't know, I'm under the impression that you kind of know where your kids are. You know, mm. it's a long process. It can be an expensive process. Um, adoption is born out of loss. It's born out of pain. It's born out of so many sad things, but it is a very beautiful thing at the same time. And I think you just have to remember that um, in a perfect world, we wouldn't need to adopt kids as all children can stay with their bio parents, but it's just not a perfect world. So we are kind of trying to make the best of a messy situation. I even like that you say bio. That, <laughs> I feel like that's a true mom of adoption that you would even like shorten that name to or the, the word to bio. It's so cute. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so like me, you love to travel. Uh, what yeah. would you say are some of your top tips for traveling internationally with small kids, especially because you have four of them? What have you kind of learned that you're like, okay, these are the things that make trips go so much more um, smooth for the duration that you're there? Okay. Well, one is practice. And people ask all the time, like, how did you get your kids to be so well behaved on these long flights? And I mean, it's practice, right? The first time they weren't super well behaved and it was more stressful. Now we have our groove and a routine. So I think it's just like anything, like taking your kid to a restaurant. The more they do it, the more they practice, the better they're going to become. I think you have to be laid back about it. I am not a laid back person, but I really do kind of go into laid back mode when we're on a vacation because I want it to be fun. Traveling is is expensive and takes time away from work. And I don't want it to be stressful because I'm stressful. So I think you have to be laid back if, and be laid back about a lot of things, about nap time. If I'm a very structured nap time mom, but on vacations, I'm not because I don't want to ruin a vacation and ruin a moment because I feel like, oh, it's time to take a nap. 
So I think you have to be laid back. You have to be a little less structured. Um, you know what, if they're not eating all their fruits and vegetables because you're in some weird place and the fruits and vegetables will look different. I mean, I'm okay with that, right? We can get back on that routine when we get home. So I, I really just think practice and then just trying to be laid, laid back about it. Um, I think you got to try to beat jet lag pretty much right away with your kids. And the best way to do that is not let them sleep until it's nighttime. So when you get to where you're going, if, if you're tired, but it's only morning time, keep your kids up, you know, go to a park, be outside, get some fresh air. And because if you let your kids go to sleep right when you get there and it's nine o'clock in the morning, that's going to screw up your whole day and your night. And it's a vicious cycle. So those are just some of the things that I tell people, um, and things that have helped me as I, I mean, I've traveled to some crazy places with my kids and, but it's fun. I love it. What is one of the craziest places that you travel to? Uh, I've taken them to Russia. I've Mm. taken them to Thailand. Um, they've been to Norway. I mean, they've been a lot of crazy places. What, uh, how was traveling to Thailand? Cause I've heard it's so much more, uh, it's less expensive to travel there. I mean, but the flight is so long. So, um, how did you yeah. handle that? <laughs> the flight is long. Well, you know, we've been to Thailand and then, so we've been, and then we've been to uh, China twice. So I've made that trek that journey. three times yeah. with my kids. A lot of prayer. I mean, good grief. It has a long <laughs> flight for even me, a grown adult. So, uh, yeah, I just think you have to realize too, like the flight is horrible. And if your kids scream the whole time, it really doesn't matter. Those passengers are never going to see you again. So if your kids scream and act a fool, okay, it's going to be a miserable few hours, but then you're there and you're gonna have a fantastic time. Um, I also think that I started doing this a long time ago and it works so well. The minute you get to your seat with your kids, start telling everybody around you. I'm so sorry that you have to sit by my kids. I'm so sorry that you have to sit here on the plane near my kids. Cause you know what they all do? They all immediately go into, Oh my gosh, I've got three grandsons at home. I love kids. Kids are Aww. fine. I'm so glad. Yeah, immediately, if you like acknowledge it's annoying to sit next to young kids on a plane. They all turn into like mush. All of them do. <laughs> I love uh, it. They, yeah. It's really uh, funny how that works. So I think like acknowledging this, but it, you know, they could be fussy on a flight makes people really tender towards, your kids, even when they're acting kind of crazy on a plane. Hey guys, it's Amber and you've been hearing me talk all about travel and I am so passionate about helping families create memories through intentional travel planning. I know it's summertime and it might not even be on your radar for fall break or Christmas break, but it's just around the corner. It's a perfect time to go to Disney, Mexico, or even a Caribbean cruise. So if you don't have plans yet for those school breaks, I invite you to set up an appointment with me. It's completely free, both for the consultation call so that we can talk about what your plans are, what your dreams are, and put them into action. And it's also completely free to use my services to allow me to come alongside and help you make these plans a reality. So to book your time with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash contact. Now let's get back to the show. I love it. So where's your next big dream trip that you want to go? I mean, there's, um, we have, the list is long here at yeah. the Shoal household of places that <laughs> I, we want to go. I understand. It, it, is, <laughs> it is really long. Um, we have a list of places. My husband has been to South Africa three years in a row. And wow. so that's definitely a place that we would all like to go as a family. 
uh, is to go there with him. So maybe we can do that really soon. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I went there for a mission trip and that is a long flight. And so, um, but it's so beautiful there. Uh, I would love to take my kids there. Australia's on my list and that's a long flight. So I'm like, "Mm, I got to decide which one I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. That's another one that's on our bucket list too. Yeah. Um, well let's jump into your book, um, mix and match, Mama Simmers. Uh, how did you come up with this book and what made you decide to write it? And and most of all, the most important, how did you even have time to do all these recipes with four kids? Oh, well, um, they give me a while to write a book. So that helps. And um, I make dinner anyway, every, you know, almost every night. Right. So yep. there you go. So I'm already working on recipes. I That actual Simmers uh, was my fifth book. And it um, came out of a blog post I did. I did a back to school blog post where I just did like back to school slow cooker recipes. Mm. And I got some really just great feedback from, you know, busy moms who are just like me running between school and homework and speech and sports and all of that stuff. But yet they want to feed their kids something that's not fast food or frozen pizza. And uh, so I thought, you know, I could turn that post into a whole book of just slow cooker meals because I use my slow cooker year round. It's my favorite, other than my coffee pot, it's my favorite small appliance in my kitchen. I love it. Now, have you moved on to the Instapot? I, I have decided I'm not an Instapot person based on lots of polling on my website. People have told me I will not be, I'm not an Instapot person. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, and be, people swear by the Instapot, but they, um, People said that I would not like it because I like to have my food in the slow cooker like by 8 a.m. and be done with it. And they were like, Instapot people want to make dinner around 3 p.m. Does right. that make sense? Well, well yeah, I'm not or, a 3 or like, p.m. person. Yeah, or you only need like a half hour beforehand. See, that's so, not me. Yeah. Yeah. So people have told me after lots of polling that they're like, you wouldn't like it. Don't get one. That's so. hilarious. I have both and I, I do toggle between the two. So uh, yeah, it probably all depends on what you're trying to make. But yeah, if you have a good system, then I wouldn't change it. I would just stick with what you know. So uh, how did you figure out the recipes to begin with? I mean, did you get inspiration from Pinterest and all that? And then you just started tweaking things and coming up with your own stuff? Well, I look at what, so on my website, I have uh, like over 3000 recipes. So I look for a lot of patterns of things that people like and, and what I make my own family. All of my recipes are things that I'm actually serving the people that live in my house. And so in my slow cooker book, I wanted to have recipes that some that you didn't have to brown or prepare any in advance, right? You yes. just put it all in. Because that is on. annoying. Want, yes. <laughs> yes. But then I also wanted to use the slow cooker as a tool to help you. It might not make your entire dinner, but it might cut down on 30 minutes of dinner because it's poached your chicken for you. Or it's made your, um, you know, maybe the recipe is for barbecue pork enchiladas, but the slow cooker actually cooked all of the pork. So it's not making the enchiladas, but it's helped you move so far into your recipe. So instead of it taking an hour and a half to make your enchiladas, it takes you 20 minutes. Yeah, that's so a good point. I wanted to have those kind of recipes too. I have some desserts in there. There's some breakfast recipes, dips, just real functional recipes that I am using when I'm entertaining and making food for my family. What would you say your favorite breakfast recipe is in there? And what is your favorite dinner or one of your favorites? Yeah. For, for breakfast, I like the overnight oatmeal because you just put it all in there before you go to bed. And then when you wake up, not only does your house smell really good, but breakfast is ready. So I love that one. And then my favorite dinner is that I have a whole chapter. Uh, my friend Andrea makes this 
fantastic pulled pork and there's only three ingredients and I have a whole chapter dedicated to recipes you can make using the pulled pork. So you can either make a big batch of pulled pork and you can freeze it, freeze it and then make these other recipes, you know, over the next few weeks, or you can make one batch and then one night you have, you know, pulled pork nachos. And the next night you have something else with pulled pork. Um, it's probably my, one of my biggest go-to recipes that I make here at my house is this pulled pork. Yeah, that's amazing. If there's only three, do you yeah. say there's three ingredients? Three, to, three oh, ingredients. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And especially when you can keep, you can use them for other meals. I think that yeah. is so important for when you have families. You know, if you have, you know, my my girls do gymnastics, so that those nights I feel like it's always crazy, and I feel like something already needs to either be prepared or kind of like what you're saying, started that crock pot earlier in the day, so then it's done by the time we get home because there, there just yes. isn't time. I agree. So Shay, we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted to know, like, how do you feel like you stay on top of everything, right? Like you're, you're fit. If, if people haven't seen you, they can go to your website. And so <laughs> you're, you're fit. You run a business. You're making all these meals. You're writing these books. You have four kids. What advice would you give moms that are just trying to struggle to just keep their head above water? Uh, well, one, I think there've been lots of times when my head hasn't been above water and we should make sure we say that. Okay. Um, (laughs) I have kind of, I've kind of perfected my little family's routine, but I mean, my oldest is nine. I've had nine years to perfect it. Um, but there definitely are times when my head's not above water, but I'm super organized. Um, and I think for me, that is what's helped me the most. But before I close down my office every day, I look at my calendar for the next day. I write down a to-do list. And I even put trivial things on my to-do list, like put, up st- uh, put upstairs laundry away. I mean, I really include everything on my to-do list, um, including work stuff. So that way, the next morning, I have everything that I need to accomplish that day, put dinner in slow cooker. That's on my to-do list. So I can mark things off one at a time. So I feel like I'm super organized. I also... Uh, really have gotten better at saying no to a lot of things. Um, this year I am not volunteering at my kids' elementary school, the same that I have the past years and not that I don't love it and not that I don't sometimes volunteer, but you know, it it was becoming, you know, stressful and, um, that's not good for anybody. And I needed to say no to some things. So that was just one of the many things I decided, you know what, I'm going to let other moms have a chance to volunteer more this year. And I'm going to step back and use that extra time to do some other things. So be organized, say, say no to things that you can really say yes to what you do commit to. Those are some of my tips, I guess. No, those are great. And I wanted to ask you, so I feel like a big problem with moms and families is trying to stay on budget with groceries. I don't know if you have any skills that you've learned with this, but I'm curious because I feel like that's the biggest thing that people are just like, oh, I'm like spending so much money or uh, I can't stay on budget or I just blew this much money at Costco and here. And then, um, and they just kind of feel lost. And sometimes they even walk away with not a lot of stuff to actually make meals. They have a lot of food, but then they're like, what am I even making with this? So I'm curious how, especially because you're a type A and you're organized, how you go about tackling the budget and also the meal prep, like planning your meals and then um, executing that. So if you could walk us through that, that would be great. Well, I do think that um, planning meals, having a meal plan is one of the ways to stay on budget. So what I do, we were just talking about this at the gym just this morning, me and my girlfriends were. So what I do is I kind of work on my grocery list all week. I just have a piece of paper and I, you know, because 
random things like saran wrap, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just will jot that down. So when it's time to actually sit down and meal plan, I already have like a list of things. So I have that list. And, um, from there I write down, I look at my calendar and I cross reference like, okay, I'm going to make five dinners this week. What are they going to be? And I'll write that down. And I try to overlap sometimes some ingredients. So if I like the pork, right, I can make a double batch of that and spread that out over two different nights during the week. Um, I just think a really structured plan. I also, I used to be a big, or I tried, I've tried three different times to be a big coupon wife, uh, <laughs> play, you know, but what I realized was all three times I tried and I tried hardcore all three times I was buying things we didn't need, we yes. didn't really eat. Yep. And I was saving more money, not for me, not collecting coupons because I was coming home with a bunch of stuff that I didn't pay very much for, but it right. wasn't stuff we needed or ate or, you know, so I find that that helps too. I really like to, I really tried all of my recipes. I post a recipe every day on my website. I always try to make them with something seasonal. There'll be pumpkin in your fall recipes. Right now there's a lot of lemon and asparagus. Things that are seasonal are always less expensive. So I, I try to incorporate that into our diet too, because that is a help when you're buying seasonal things because they're at their most cost-efficient price points. Um, that always helps. But we were talking today at the gym because a lot of our grocery stores here in North Texas, you can either do grocery pickup or they'll deliver your groceries. Yes. And yep. we were talking about how much money that saves because then you're not wandering the aisles right. aimlessly. I agree. Yeah. Putting extra things. So even though like, my grocery store charges $10 to deliver groceries, I would spend more than $10 on unnecessary things if I went into the store. You know? I agree. Yep. And if my kids are with me, oh, good heavens, we're spending more than $10 because exactly. they're throwing in stuff. <laughs> so I think all of that adds up. Um, I probably could do a better job at it, but that's what I really try to do to keep our meal plan running smoothly. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, um, so many friends have started using the click list, like with Kroger. Yeah. I don't know if you have Kroger there, but yeah, we do. Um, yeah. And so, and then Walmart does it for free. And then um, I, I do think people are, are picking up on more if you can deliver to the house, I feel like that's even better. So that's what you're saying you have, that they actually deliver to your house? They actually deliver for $10. That's amazing. That is really amazing. It is. (laughs) And I do feel like that makes it easier for budgeting because then you can see it in the computer right before you hit buy. And then, because then if you're like, well, we're kind of over, well, let's just scan this really quick. Well, we can get rid of these. um, And then you have a better idea. Yeah. Yes. So you... Let's just back up. You you do a new recipe every single day on your uh, blog? I do. I wow. try to do yeah, <laughs> one every day. So, uh, but again, it's stuff that we're making at home. Yeah. So it's really easy for me to do because it's what, I mean, what you see is what we're eating every time. That's amazing. I mean, just, just the sitting down though and writing the blog post too for every single day is amazing. And you're doing a different dinner. So, I mean, you know. Props to you for for doing that. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So Shay, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? And where can they buy your book? Well, um, you can buy my books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. A lot of small retailers have them as well. Um, There are five. Just type in my name or type in Mix & Match Mama and you can find them. My website is mixandmatchmama.com and and mama is M-A-M-A. And then on social media, I'm everywhere at Mix and Match Mama. Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Mix and Match Mama is where you'll find me. Perfect. Shay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, you guys, would you like to have every podcast episode in your inbox on Tuesday? That way you don't have to go search for it or have to remember that, hey, a new Mom Inspired Show has aired today. You can have that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and subscribe. If you're looking at it on your phone, just scroll to the bottom, enter your name and your email. If you're looking at it on your computer, it's going to be on the right-hand side. That way you won't miss an episode. And I'm also going to start including travel tips every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week. 